Previously on the Soulless Methuselah, does this look familiar? Memories flood your brain. Following beside the Dark Warden, this small, somewhat thin little girl. Northorn, that was the name of this cursed place before it fell. Now you guys are in the middle of a choice to investigate the door towards what you think is the labs or the cavern. I I'd personally like to go through the door here to the lab area. It seems to have only a small goblin that is humming to themselves. This goblin is called Ringa, one of Thorn's only friends in the old tribe. Thorn? Conflict within your brain hurts. Hurts so much that you scream in pain. And with that, initiative starts. We have to do something. They're going to kill them. He looks to the door. Let's go protect your friends. Throughout the vastness of the multiverse, there lies a tavern. As you approach its doors, you catch bubbles of laughter that rise and burst into cheers as colorful groups of travelers find comfort in their bonds. As you head inside, the smile of the tavern keeper greets you. They're an otherworldly being with a bluish corporeal form. They wear attire befitting of an innkeeper, and they have a large cloudy nebula for hair speckled with stars which gently sways with their movement. Welcome to the Storyteller's Tavern, where stories are served like ale and a seat is open for you at every table. Tonight's special is the Sunless Citadel, an epic adventure of high fantasy with notes of friendship, danger, and most importantly, hope. Will our adventure survive to descent into the dungeon? Or is there a dark and calamity taking roots far from the sun's reach? A door behind Seeker and Methuselah jots open. They're gonna choose one of you guys really quick to shoot. There's also the door directly opposite from Newmortis. The arrow is lucid and it connects with the back of shoulder of Seekers. As the impact hits you on the shoulder, you automatically reach out to support the shoulder that was just impacted. When out of nowhere you start to feel a stiffness, it starts to course around the rest of your body. You cannot move. You can only breathe shallowly as you're now paralyzed. Mortis, it is your turn now. Mortis, he has his greatsword out in front of him and he's, as he backs up towards Seeker and Methuselah, he's gonna place a hand on Seeker's shoulder. This should help. And he's gonna use his lay on hands to heal your paralysis. With the touch of Mortis on your back, you were not feeling anything for the sheer stiffness and numbness of your entire body until the only thing you do feel is the palm of your friend's hand on your back and slowly you start to feel everything as if your friend is able to take away the ailments that is afflicting you. Thank you, Mortis. Mortis just smiles at you. Ah, no problem, but we, we should keep our wits about us. Are you two all right? Yes, I'm quite all right. Heck of a lot better now that I can move. Mortis is gonna hold his weapon at his side. All right, we need to be ready for the next assault. And with that, another goblin from inside of the door with all the sleeping ones pops out with bow and arrow at ready. The arrow flies, but it's unfortunately in such an angle that when it connects with your shell, it just boom, goes off in the distance. It curses in Goblinoid and then goes back so it's not exposed. All right, next is Seeker. So what I'm going to do, a genius idea, is I'm going to hold my action until a goblin comes out of a room and then I'm gonna throw a dagger at it. And with that, appears another goblin yeah. thrown outside of the threshold of the same room. Go right ahead with your attack. A nine. You just hear a hitting somewhere into the room. Moments after, the goblin appears and goes shooting their arrow. The quickness of their speed, they did not take enough time to aim. So the arrow passes by you, not hitting the mark. It curses and then goes back into the room for cover. Can Seeker make a rude gesture towards the goblin, even though the goblin can't see anymore? A quick gesture in defiance is given from Seeker. Ringa, inside of the room, looks towards the door and he goes, How many friends do you have? There's four of them. An elf, a turtle, a tabaxi, and a gnome. Stay here. And he heads out, 
looks at you guys being shot and tossed at, and he goes, Yo! You're here! And then they return into the room, leaving the door open. Clearly, they have interacted with you. They spoke with you and did not attack you. And that's all that they do. I'd say that when Ringa did that, they just saw Thorn cowering behind him, looking over his shoulder, doing a motion of like waving his hand. And then when Ringo went back into the room, Thorn very quickly followed. And when you guys saw Thorn, he had a different look in his eyes. One that is familiar. And when that ends, another door in the far end, opposite from the one that is empty, jolts open as another goblin pops out with arrows at the ready. Too ambitious and quickly was their attack as it flies over your heads. Another one opens another door. Bow and arrow at the ready. It loses it. Another arrow connects with Seeker just above your fire area. You once again feel the stiffness overtaking your body. From the same room, another goblin pokes out and is gonna shoot you guys as well. The arrow connects on your stomach. You feel a certain weird stiffness on your stomach, but it's not enough to push on. Another goblin appears from the place of sleeping goblins and goes for another attack. Flies the arrow, but does not connect with any of the three of you. And then Urki screams, I guess we're going in there! And runs into the area. Before he finishes and goes inside, he actually gets to see one of the goblins who's just half covered. So he screams as he's running. Red light emanates from inside of the room. From your angle, you just see the glow from the door. And you know that goblin died out of the screams alone as the sound of the column of fire that you guys are quite familiar with and now emanates and completely consumes one of the goblins. Erky then enters the room, looks at you, looks at Ringa. Nice to meet you, I'm Erky. Ringa goes, good to know, introductions later. And now it's the top of the round. Methuselah, what do you do? I think Methuselah hears the go ahead to run, but then they look at Seeker who's on the ground and they know that there's a possibility that Seeker will be okay and Mortis will be able to do something or that they'll be able to get out of this, but they don't wanna leave their friend. So instead of running, they just lower down and cast Enhance Ability. Yorick starts to glow this pink color as my hand dance upon the keys. And I start to, in a weird like cantation-like, I start to recite a story of a man of tragedy whose hesitation was his downfall, yet his endurance was steadfast. And I give you Hamlet's endurance, and I'm not really gonna leave my friend behind, so I'm gonna stay here. As well, I haven't done my bonus action, so I'm going to use my bonus action to play another tune on Yorick, and the strings are going to go rainbow as I give more things to Seeker. I'm just showering Seeker in all these blessings, and I'm giving Bardic inspiration as well. Next is the goblin that Methuselah previously hurt. He appears with another arrow notched and shoots. It's gonna go to Methuselah again. You don't know if it is anger or just ambition that makes him go too fast and instead of aiming goes past all of you guys uh, then it takes a moment to go back into cover goblin to the side of that one that just shot goes for their turn of shooting it tries to shoot for you but instead hits just by you on the ground and it flies upwards ricocheting as the angle was uh, too far down Thorn, your turn. Thorn is going to hold his action and he will cast Eldritch Blast if an enemy enters the room. But honestly, he's kind of just like staying close to Ringa, basically just clinging to him and almost covering his ears in fear of maybe hearing his friends like get murdered outside the room. So he's fearfully staying by Ringa gripping his cloak, ready to attack if he has to. All right, you do so. Next, the goblin simply goes into the door. But different from the last few times that you guys have seen, this one doesn't have the arrow ready. It just instead closes the door and you hear what seems to be something moving. Next is Mortis. Mortis sees Seeker get hit and paralyzed. First thing he's going to do is he's going to sheathe his greatsword. He's going to take a step between where Seeker's lying and the goblins. So that like his back is facing the goblins. He's going to kneel down and he's going to pick up 
uh, Seeker as his action, and then he's going to basically just book it towards that room. Before you go, Methuselah's going to look at you and just say, Get Seeker to safety! Yes, and don't don't be long. We don't have much time to spare. He's just going to away. <laughs> you grab onto Seeker. Can't really defend or interject, so you grab on. Uh, I'm going to use my action to dash so that I can make it into the room safely. <laughs> Speedy turtle. And with that, you are inside of the room, relatively safe. As soon as he gets into the room, he's just, we need to wait for Methuselah to get in. Another goblin pops its head out and goes for an attack. The only one on target is Methuselah. Another arrow flies past you, but it does not hit. Seeker, now it's your turn. Hey! So I'm going to roll a constitution save and throw. You have advantage and you can use your bardic inspiration. 19 with my bardic inspiration. The numbness is starting to increase because you're starting to get your motion back. And then it starts to slowly diminish. You're getting tired of this feeling altogether. As soon as Mortis feels Seeker like moving again, can he just be like, Oh, glad to see you're feeling better. Uh, would you like me to put you down or, or do you need to be carried for a bit? Yeah, you can put me down. I, I really don't like that that paralysis feeling, you know? Totally understandable, my friend. And then he's going to gently just put... It's not going to move at all. He's just going to put Seeker down where, where he is. It is now another one of the goblins' turn. They look at the only one that is exposed in the middle of the hallway. That is Methuselah. So he... Pulls up an arrow, notches it, and pulls it close to its cheek, ready to shoot. The arrow flies past your head. You count your luck, as you sure thought that this was going to be the end. And then it goes to the next one. The arrow is notched by this goblin. It takes its moment. As it aims, he sees that the other arrow passed just by your head. Instinctively, Methuselah shifts their head as the arrow looses it. It connects with the forehead of Methuselah. No! It was a natural 20. Oh, oh fuck. fuck. So funny. <laughs> as the arrow connects, your head bobs backwards. When your head bobs forward, you're no longer within the Sunless Citadel within the lab of the old evil fortification. You're instead in darkness, once again in that tunnel in the lands where no stars are able to shine. There's the light breeze going against you as you notice that you are holding and protecting what seems to be the meekest of candlelights tightly on your hand as you don't want to let that be extinguished by the world around you. You are standing still, shivering in the cold breeze that chills you to the very core when you hear behind your ear a very malevolent voice that creeps and makes you shiver more violently than any wind or coldness could ever. You will never be able to get out of here, little mouse. Methuselah does what they did when they were in that cave originally, and they turn around. When they turn, they see the shade of Methuselah, white of hair, bruised and bloodied, handless, extending their arms towards you. Back into the lab area, there is a sudden quietness. As you guys inside of the room do not understand what happened, curiosity starts to creep up with a wave of fear when actually you start to hear something from within the hallway. It is Methuselah's hurdy-gurdy starting to being played slowly. A few tunes that it's beautiful and after a few moments, Seeker, you realize what music this is. This is Chrysanthemum's song as it's being played but as the tunes continue in its crescendo, it starts to become more melodic, heavier, and a tinge darker, you would say. What do you guys do? Mortis 
Yes? Methuselah is still out there, yeah? I believe so. I, I hope they can get in here. Well, would you mind take, taking a look? See if they're okay? Or just nods assuredly. Yeah, of course, yes. Uh, he's got to just make his way towards the door. As you approach the door, you notice also Erky that is approaching you, and he quickly stops you before you go towards the door. You probably should not. Believe me. What are you talking about? That's our ally out there, our friend. We need to help him. Cutting you off as you say this, the sound of goblin cry goes out, muffled just by the door and the, the wall. Then the new companion, per se, of this combat, uh, Ringa, brings it up. They're going to ambush Hanimali. You should not want to see this. I'm not losing Methuselah. Seeker is very slowly recovering from what's happened. So while they want, they have that urge to get out there and fight, they also know that it's not going to be helpful. So they're going to turn to their big tank bestie. Mortis, Mortis, please. You know, Methuselah would, would go to rescue you. You should do it for Lamb too. You need not convince me. I will go and I won't hear another word about it. You go through the door. You just hear the voice of uh, Erky. No! As you open the door, you see as four goblins are running towards Methuselah with swords and makeshift shields at hand. Methuselah, who is standing, arms open as if it was on an embrace, and yet their hands are floating a bit ahead of them playing the hurdy-gurdy in an intense trance and a certain darkness is coming out of Methuselah, emanating almost as if it was evaporation, but of shadow almost, protruding mostly out of their shoulders and arms, maybe even hair. You notice too, based on your passive perception, that there is a certain darkness by their foot. You first thought that it was their shadow, as there are light sources within this room. Dim light sources. But it's almost like as if it's growing, like a puddle. It is surrounding Methuselah, without appearing except for in the ground. The goblins act much faster than you can even react, as they jump towards Methuselah to be able to reach as much of Methuselah in their stride. They reach and breach the growing shadow underneath him. As the music continues to play, the shadow grows, and so, as they pass the threshold, they limply fall on the ground around Methuselah, completely devoid of life. And Methuselah continues to play. The other goblins inside of the room, their rooms, are completely astonished in a mixture of shock and horror. They stand frozen. What do you do? Mortis kind of just stares in disbelief and just to himself, like not loud enough to be, to be heard, he just goes, Methuselah, no. And then he slowly approaches very cautiously. The shadow has increased now. It's bending somewhat faster. You also notice that it is kind of following the speed of the song. As it gets more intense, it, the crescendo just keeps on increasing in, in intensity. So does the shadow, it starts to just consume the area around Methuselah. Methuselah, unable to recognize things around them. And that's where you notice that there is an arrow stuck in the forehead of Methuselah. Erky approaches and sees what's going on. Oh, Lear to protect us. Top of the round, Methuselah. The shadow just grows. Can I do anything on my turn, or is it just I'm catatonic? Within your moment of stupor, you can only hear one thing, Methuselah. It is the confirmations of this voice saying, Yes, yes, feed me, little mouse. Play for me. Prove them wrong. Prove that they are not those who decide who you play for. Tell them, little mouse, and play in the fights. Play her song more and more. And that starts to make you tear up. And as the tears starts to fill up your eyes, it is black in color 
And instead of going down, the force of your power makes it float upwards as if it pushed against gravity. Next is a goblin. This goblin charges out of one of the doors before being frozen, pulling out one of his daggers and screaming in goblin something. Vorn recognizes from the outside as for the outcast and jumps and as they enter the area once again the next step is their face on the ground dead as well thorn your turn thorn is gonna see the chaos that's happening with erky like trying to stop mortis and then mortis goes and seeker's freaking out so i think he's just gonna kind of look at seeker and erky and in confusion just go what's going on Ringa looks back at you, Florin, and says, Just stay here. We don't want you to get in danger. Yeah, but what's happening? I do not know. Thorn will stay where he is. He'll just prepare an action to fire an arrow from his short bow if danger like comes into the room. And that's all he'll do for now. All right. In that case, Nets is another goblin. This one does not decide to approach after seeing five of their comrades die. Instead, loses in another arrow. It just flies past you. It doesn't hit. It was a miss. Another goblin then pulls up another arrow and loses it. Another miss. It does not approach you. They, they must be scared of the whole circumstance and situation. Mortis, it is now your turn. And as you're there looking at your comrade, you see creeping up from behind Methuselah once again that same visage of a weird, broken, white-haired Methuselah starting to appear levitating with a joyful smile. Still keeping his distance, he just stands at a right position. He holds his holy symbol with one hand and he reaches his other one towards Methuselah. Oh, almighty she, goddess of the dust, help me calm this one, for they have become an emissary of death. And I'm going to cast Command. Uh, at the top of his lungs, voice reverberating off the walls of this passage, Mortis just stands firm and he yells, Stop! And I'm going to need a wisdom saving throw from you. God, Mortis, you're so cool. That's a six. As Mortis speaks this word into existence the sound becomes almost a physical element violet aura just exudes from him and surrounds methuselah as the words echo within their mind the dark shade behind methuselah hears the command and locks eyes with mortis scoffs but starts to slowly descend as it does so it hugs methuselah from behind and now even you hears it. Holy again, little mouse. And with that, Mefuzla falls prone. The music stops as the hands just dissipates slowly and the hurdy-gurdy falls onto the ground. The shadows slowly are retreating and the light returns as it was before. I'll just add that when Methuselah falls over and the shadow collapse in, it's almost envelops Methuselah a little bit. It's trying to still grasp onto me and that pain and suffering is just emanating from me in that moment as like I'm still crying and the black Icarus tears are now just coming down my face and I just say, I failed her. I turned around. I, I let go. Using all the movement he needs to, Mortis is going to just sort of rush forward. He steps over Methuselah just so he's like blocking the path between him and the goblins. And I'm going to use my bonus action to just unsheathe my greatsword and hold it out. And then just at the top of his lungs, because he doesn't care who hears this point, he's just, Erky, Methuselah needs medical attention now. You hear Erky? Yeah, uh, I'll help, sure. Next, this goblin charges and jumps towards Mortis. As it screams something in Goblin, both Thorn and Ringo are able to understand, Guys, run! And grapples your face and neck, hugging it completely as it's trying to distract you. Very importantly saying, he's not attacking. He's just holding on to you. 
as this happens, Mortis reels back. He's like, ah, and it doesn't dawn on him that he's not being attacked. So he's instinctively, he just goes, I don't want to fight you. There does not need to be any more senseless death today. Now it's Seeker's turn. Seeker is going to reach into their pocket. They are going to take out their cat toy. They are going to shove it between their teeth. And on all fours, they're just going to slowly stalk towards the door and pop their head out just to see what's going on. Popping their head out, you see Erky starting to run towards Methuselah. Methuselah on the ground, maybe hurt? You don't know. And a goblin holding the face of Mortis, completely obscuring him as he's just receiving this grapple attack. Meanwhile, this goblin is holding on to Mortis. This creates ample opportunity for the goblins inside of the door to run past Mortis. Using a disengage bonus action, they are able to dash towards the door and completely escape this lab. Then it's Ringa's turn. I'm gonna see what's going on outside. You stay here. He steps out and sees this entire situation and starts to run towards Methuselah as well. Erky's turn. They finally reach to you, Methuselah. Looks at you. You see hesitation and fear in the eyes of Erky as they lift your head toward them. And he says, you're gonna be all right, I guess. Grabs onto the arrow on your head and quickly presses downwards, breaking the shaft so that it's not poking out of your head. Then with their other hand, they plant it on your forehead. And with it, he prays. Dear Leotar, have faith on this soul, I guess. With a glowing red light emanating from where the palm is connecting with your forehead, he casts cure wounds on you. I will say that Methuselah doesn't really pay attention to Erky. Methuselah still looks very out of it, and they're just kind of muttering to themselves, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve the help. Top of the round, Methuselah, you're back. So Methuselah's gonna stagger to their feet a bit dazed, and they're picking up Yorick with their mage hands, and they're gonna see the one standing in fear, and I'm going to cast Dissident Whispers on that one. So as I cast the spell Dissonant Whispers, the instrument takes a violet hue as in the air, the sound of snakes rattling as the music becomes all janky and dark, but it's the dark that you'd be used to from Methuselah. It's not the same melancholic song that you just heard. And the sound waves become these jagged lights that get hurled at this creature. As the spell connects with the enemy that is exposed, still frozen in fear, it starts to bleed from their eyes, nose, and ears as it tumbles backwards, devoid of life. That's going to end my turn. I would give Bardic inspiration, but I think I'm too sad for that. This other goblin takes the opportunity as Mortis is distracted. Using his ability to disengage as he moves, he continues to dash towards the door. Another goblin leaves the area of combat. Thorn. I think Thorn is going to obey what Ringa said, which was to stay put. Same as before, he's just going to keep his action ready to fire from his short bow if any hostile comes into the room. And that's all he's going to do. Next is the goblin's turn. This goblin that is on a faraway room does not go through the door. Instead, stays inside. Now it is Mortis's turn. Can I do a strength check to rip this dude off my face? <laughs> <laughs> you grab with your powerful hand the back of this uh, little goblin's armor and you yank it out of your face. Throwing him on the ground as you do so. What else did you do? As soon as he's off, Mortis takes a deep breath. For a brief instant, he's still holding his sword in his hand, but he just holds it at his side. Very tired expression. <laughs> just, just run. I don't want to kill anyone else today. Go. The goblin stands up quickly, disengages as best as he can, and dashes towards the door. And then Mortis turns around to Methuselah. Are you all right? Methuselah doesn't even look at you. They're just still in their own mind. I failed her. I gave up. 
How could I? I? How could I turn around? Sad expression crosses his face. He turns to Erky. Are they going to be all right? We need to move. They are out of danger. Yeah, they are out of danger. Right. We should get moving immediately. Ringa just turns and goes, Let's bring him to where I was. I can barricade the door and we can make sure that it's safe. But I'm pretty sure that all the goblins have left this area right now. Mortis nods, he sheathes his greatsword and like gently puts his hands on Methuselah's shoulders. It will be okay. Just trust me. Everything will be alright. Can I do a wisdom save? Go right ahead. I got a nine. You're still going through the episode. There is no consoling Methuselah. You guys are now inside of that one room. Ringa makes sure to close it and then brings down a wooden shutter. With the shutter closed, the door cannot swing open anymore. Seeker, when they see Methuselah, they're going to pull the cat toy from their mouth and they're going to make a beeline for Methuselah and they're going to wrap their arms around them and just say very quietly, Are, are you all right, Methuselah? I, I don't know. And then Methuselah's gonna break away from your embrace and is gonna take off face cloak and fold it nicely and then give it back. I don't deserve this. You can have it back. What What are you talking about, Methuselah? If you need it, if you want to wear it, I, I understand if you don't, and I'm not gonna make you, but... No, it's all right. I, I think that you should hold on to it. I don't think I can be trusted. I trust you more than... You know, I've trusted almost anyone in my entire life, and I consider myself to be a very trusting tabaxi. Well, thank you for your confidence. And they just go quiet again. While Methuselah's conversing with Seeker, Mortis walks over towards Ringa. Thank you for assisting us, my friend, but it's important that we escape. Uh, our friend here, and he gestures to Methuselah, is unwell, and we need a proper place to treat him. Well, unfortunately, you're, this is as best as it gets. Any further down, you're going to expose yourself to more danger. Is there any plan of escape? Uh, they know we're in here. Believe me. If I saw them running like that, they're not coming back. They're gonna be afraid of what Durna is gonna do to them, so they're gonna keep it quiet for now. Morris nods. Well, thank you for your assistance regardless. That that must have taken a lot of courage. He then turns to look at Thorn. Was warned. At that moment, takes notice of Thorn. Dad mode activates. He rushes over to Thorn. He's like, oh, of course. Are you all right? Yeah, I was so worried. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. He doesn't say it. You can see in his expression look of relief when you talk. You've known him long enough to where you could kind of see it in his eyes, as if to say, like, ah, he's back. Thorn will approach Ringa, give him a big hug. He reciprocates. Thorn hugs him for a few moments and then pulls away. He looks Ringa up and down and I'm so glad to see that you're still alive. Not as glad as I am to see you were alive. What happened? Like I said, I went after you. We got into a little bit of trouble, and then I eventually found myself back here. I see. Sorry about your dad. Found him too, but I gave him a proper burial. I didn't tell the rest of the group because I remember how they treated you guys, and you guys did not deserve that. I'm just glad to see that you are okay, though. Truly, at least you're in safe company of sorts. You should not have come here. This place is not good. I... Didn't have much of a choice. Something happened and I needed to come back, but what is everyone doing here? What's going on? Who's this outcast that they keep talking about and everything that's going on? A lot happened. We need to sit down for that. Who are your friends? Um, allow me to introduce myself to them. Yeah, let's just take a seat for a second and recuperate. As Ringa approaches with Thorn towards you guys to start conversing, Erky approaches Methuselah. He whispers to Methuselah, Look, I don't know what happened out there, but you're no good to us like this. But I don't want you to hurt us anymore. I also don't want you to die like this, I guess. Holds his holy symbol, places his index finger on your forehead gently. Leto's wisdom doesn't come from the outside. It's whispered within us, within here. And he presses a little bit forward. Now, let her find the inside of you that is also interested in life, in the universe, and all that it provides is casting blessing. Methuselah ignores Erky completely and just gets up and goes to a corner, sits down alone and plays Chrysanthus' song. 
I will say though, anyone who can hear it, there's like a shakiness in it, and that pride in playing the song feels a little lost, as there's a little more remorse in the music and guilt. Everybody hears it as they all were going to get close to each other to start talking. They all hear the song in the back of the room without really noticing. Everybody turns to pay attention to it. Maybe out of surprise that this song is playing again or out of curiosity till the song finishes. Everybody's entranced by it. As Thorn and Ringa approach, uh, Mortis just like puts a hand on his chest and bows respectfully. I should introduce myself. Uh, I am Mortis of Lestri. I am a wanderer of the Ashen Cloak, a disciple of the goddess She. I, I recognize the Ash Cloak. We had to hide from one or two when we were wandering about. A look of like concern passes across his face. He's like, I know that not all have been kind to the goblins. It is one of my greatest regrets that your people are discriminated against. Thanks, but don't feel sad. It wasn't because they were harmful to us. It was just our way of life. To be better safe, unseen, basically. But yes, don't, do not feel sad or ashamed. Your band, your order, I guess, have never done anything wrong to us. I appreciate the sentiment. As a warrior of Lestri's Tenshin dynasty, I can see that you are an individual of honor and courage. I appreciate that. Uh, so, Bones, uh, I'm not used to praises like this. My name is Ringa. I, I was once the head scout of the Huckleberry clan, but um, nowadays, unfortunately, I am more of a um, seasoned warrior. Currently working under Durnan, a hobgoblin. You guys must have seen her or sneaked past her if you guys got this far. Well, hi there. I'm Seeker of the Wind. I'm from Tom's Rest. Now, you said that you know Durna, yeah? So have you seen a tabaxi that's like opposite me? Uh, yes, I recognize. So where is she? She is with the outcast. How far away is that? In the grove. Further deep into the fortress. Now, will you take us there? With all due respect, no. I, I hate to say, I beg your pardon? My responsibility is with the clan. I understand you must be looking for your friend. But for me to go into the grove, it's for me to sign my death sentence. Now, you see, Faith is more than just a friend to me. She is my sister. As this happens, like, Mortis can sense that Seeker's getting agitated. He walks up behind them and just gently places a hand on their shoulder. I believe what my friend here is trying to say is we understand the situation that you are in, but our quest is of grave importance. If you could point us in the right direction, we will carry on on our own. You have done more than we could reasonably ask as it is. Short of going there, I will help you as best as I can. Well, I thank you very, very much for that. Alright. I recommend for us to take uh, at least some sort of short resting here. I, I have place for us to sit and I have a small stash of food here as well. I use it in moments where I just want to be in peace. While we're sitting and just getting our bearings, maybe you could try to explain a little bit about what's happened here? Yes, I can provide that kind of assistance, I guess. You guys make yourselves comfortable. My old bones doesn't allow me to move too much after a moment of action, per se. Gently, he tries to gather as many fabrics and put it in some area, almost like a circle, for you guys to be able to sit on top and sit comfortably. Before sitting down, Seeker is going to go to Mortis again. Could I ask your help for one tiny little moment? Of course, my friend. What would you have me do? Well, now, you see, this is a little bit embarrassing, but when we were out there fighting, I threw my, one of my daggers and it missed. And so I was wondering if you could go out there with me and help me find it. Of course. To be honest, I wanted to do a per perimeter before we settle down here anyways. I trust our new friend, but uh, these goblins are unpredictable and I... <sighs> There's been enough senseless death today. I agree completely, and I'll be happy to help you with that perimeter check as well. 
Zizla sitting alone, cradling Yorick, and just deep in thought. Your thoughts are interrupted by the gingerly steps of Erky. Is it safe for me to approach? Yes, I suppose so. Gets a little bit closer, but is still reasonably outside of your personal bubble. Kneels down, even though he doesn't really need to, considering his size and yours. Um, so what was that out there? What was what, my friend? I didn't see it with my own eyes, but something happened out there, and there was an arrow stuck to your head, and you were, for lack of better terms, possessed. Something within you just caused you to emanate intense power through your song. Um, I know that those with real talent in arts are capable of manipulating the environment around them and even manipulate the light of magic as well. Uh, you're not the first bard, per se, that I have seen, but um, you're the first... And then he whispers a little bit quieter. You're the first undead that I have seen with these abilities. So is, is it because you're no longer living that you're able to touch the ethereal maybe or the, the energy beyond life? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't remember anything that you're speaking of. I was somewhere else for a moment. Right. Where were you then? Memories. Memories of when you were alive? The memory of how I died. Or when I died. Alright. Um, I apologize for being sensitive, but does it have to do with those? He points gingerly at your hands. I don't know. I don't remember how I lost them. I just remember the moments after. Alright, um, what happened after? Before, when I had a sort of blackout again, I, I got the beginning of my memory. At least, the memory of the event. I remember finding a mirror in a cave, which led to somewhere else. Somewhere much darker than here, like a reflection. Darker? A mirror? Was it in a natural cave? Was it in this world, per se? I don't know. I was too weak and delirious to really know what it was, but the place that I pulled myself into, it was a place without light, without stars or, or anything, and it was so cold there. You see him pale a little. Are you speaking? Of the darkness realm, what folks commonly would call the Shadowfell. I look at Erky, very confused. I do not know of this place. Alright, uh, according to some scriptures and other scholarly articles, per se, there are other areas in the universe. These areas are not really a part of this world, but yet they are a reflection of it. It's the complex thought. One of them, it's where the Fae comes from. It's a land of wildness, of colors and intense emotion, is how they put it. At the same time, there's another one, one of darkness, one of shadows, that it's just like the one, but devoid of light, color, it's where the undead seems most alive. Are you saying that you visited that place? Well, I, I don't know. I, I suppose so. It's so strange now that I have these memories again. I remember traveling for so long in that place. I was in so much pain because I was wounded and tired and hungry and... Every negative thing that you could feel, I, I felt there. And I remember wandering, but feeling like the life inside me was slowly slipping away. It was terrifying. 
But what was worse was the thoughts. The thoughts of that I couldn't die here. I needed to find a way out. What would Chrysantha do without me? How would she get better? What would she think if I didn't come home? I remember holding on to that feeling for as long as I was there, which could have been days or but it felt like months. No, it years, centuries. Slowly dying in that place, but fighting the inevitable, fighting fortune in the place of no stars. All I can remember, but I remember it now very, very strongly, is walking through a tunnel without a sky. I was holding a candle, but I, I wasn't holding it. I didn't have hands, so I was balancing it. And there was this wind that was coming from behind me, threatening to take the light. All I knew was I needed to protect it. And I had lost everything that I was to that dark and lonely place. I could only remember Chrysantha and that I needed to find her. But I also remember a cold voice, a shade, a dark figure that had my visage walked with me and it whispered in my ear telling me to give up and to turn around and face the wind to let the light die. It told me that it didn't matter that I wouldn't see my muse again, that I had failed her and that she was already gone. There was no light at the end of the tunnel that I was walking. The shade told me that the only way to end my suffering was to turn around and accept that darkness. And I did. And the light, it, it went out. And, and when it did, that's when I died. It was so strange because I don't even remember closing my eyes. I died in the physical sense and there was no pain. And I felt more invigorated than I have in so long. I was different, colder, and my hands were ethereal. And there were these flowers in my hair that weren't there before. And then I found Yorick. I don't know where he was before. When did I lose him? Where did he come from? And Methuselah just searches their memory, just struggling to understand where they lost Yorick between the blank spots in their memories. Focusing so intensively at your memories, trying to pursue this train of thought on your state, emotionally and mentally, exhausts you. You feel dizzy. And for a moment, you almost lose the ground. Uh, despite the fact that you're sitting down, you just sway back a little bit, so much that Erky panics and tries to grab your shoulders. Before he actually reaches for your shoulder, you're balancing yourself again. So they hesitate. Look, what you're explaining to me, it's a lot. There's not a lot known about this place. The Shadowfell, that how do I put this? Scholars like me and others not from the same cloth, but of like-minded are seeking out all these mysteries in the, in the world, the universe that is around us. Magic, life, nature, all of it. And it stands their palm towards you as to indicate yourself and the unnatural as well. But... Just because we don't know things or we can't find a solution right now, that doesn't mean it's not worthy of continually looking after. We just need to pace ourselves. And I don't even know how to how this works. You're you're dead. You don't you shouldn't feel tired like you are right now, but clearly you are. I guess you need to rest and maybe allow this moment to pass on for now and maybe revisit later sorry i get flustered in situations like this not the best people's person i i'm good at delegating but managing people it's never been my strongest of suits it's all right uh, my friend suppose you've done uh, well enough uh, i i just want to know how it happened. That's all at this point. At this point, all that we can do is conjecture. We need to look more. We need, sorry for being preachy, we need to follow Lyrda's footsteps and find truth wherever
whatever it is. I suppose you're right, my friend. He kind of stands up, hesitates for a few seconds, and then extends their hand towards you. Methuselah takes their hand, but kind of hesitantly. Okay, look, I was going to pull you up, but your hand is floating, so does that even work? You know, we'll just pretend that this sort of gesture works, and I'll stand up as if you pulled me up, you know? Okay, I'm okay with that too. There we go. On three, one, two, three. And he just takes a step back, and you just stand up on yourself. This is Dungeon Master Rick here with Hammer of the Gods. Do you enjoy socially awkward bards? I pull up 50 gold and I put it in the guard's hand and say, can I go see the snakes now? Dungeons and Dragons and mildly inappropriate humor. Haha, <laughs> looks like Daniel's our new DM. Hi, Daddy. <laughs> Did you just call me Daddy? I've been here for 10 seconds and we're already jumping straight to Daddy. All right. And epic fantasy combined with alternate history and a splash of Greek and other ancient mythologies thrown in for flavor. Why do the other Olympians Perfect. avoid Dionysus? Because all he does is whine. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I, I'm praying to daddy yeah, here. Then you'll love Hammer of the Gods. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really enjoy our show, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hampod that's h-a-m-m-p-o-d you've reached the end of this episode of the sunless citadel thank you so much for listening subscribe to us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts and be sure to catch the next installment of the sunless citadel every thursday at 12 p.m est if you like the show, please consider leaving a review. It's a small way to show your support that goes a long way. To connect with us, follow our social media accounts, and if you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon to join the conversation, view sneak peeks of our next project, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Our intro score was created by Patrick Corton from Off the Beaten Path Musical. The Sunless Citadel can be found in Tales from the Yawning Portal by Wizards of the Coast. The world of Nosomundus was created by Pedro Stockler. Thanks again for listening from all of us at the Storyteller's Tavern.